Take a minute and think about the last letter you wrote. Maybe it was a thank you note for a gracious gift that you received. Perhaps you wrote a note and you stuck it in your kid's lunchbox last year. Or maybe you wrote a love note to your husband and put it on a sticky note and put it by the coffee pot where you knew that he would see it. When studying Ephesians, I want us to remember that Paul's letter to Ephesus is just that. It's a letter. And even when you craft an important letter, one that you anticipate will be read aloud often, you do not insert such things as page numbers and verse differentiation and chapter breaks, do you? So that is why when we study Ephesians, we see themes and ideas repeat and develop and blossom, which hopefully, as we've entered Ephesians 5, you have been able to track some of those. And this is one reason why we have been looking closely at conjunctions. Remember all the therefores and for this reason, and also that we have circled and we have marked keywords. You know, this might not be as important if we were studying the narrative like Matthew or John, but this key study tool proves really helpful in Paul's letters and also in other epistles. Case in point, when we jump into Ephesians 5, we see Paul develop three ways believers should walk. Hopefully you've had a chance to look at those closely this last week. We learned that if Paul is instructing the Ephesians to walk in sacrificial love, to walk as children of light, and to walk wisely according to the will of the Lord. In one way or another, we have seen these ideas develop through Ephesians, and they land in Ephesians 5, 5 with a fresh application. At the end of chapter 4, if you remember studying that the week before last, Paul laid out the death of the old self and the putting on the new self. With this in mind, Paul states in Ephesians 5, 1, be imitators of God as his beloved children. And then he moves on to show us three ways that our walk imitates God. Again, just as review, our walk imitates God in love and light and in wisdom. I don't have time during this short teaching to delve real deeply into each one of them. So I've put some references in the show notes if you would like to look more in depth at these themes. But I do want to note that all three of these ideas are actually talked about in chapter one, specifically as related to the character of God. And why is this important? Well, it's really important that we see that they're related to the character of God because it is the character of God that is developing inside of us that is imprinting upon our hearts and that we are able to bear fruit out of. And remember, we've talked about this a lot in Bible study, that when we study the Bible, we read and study the Bible to learn about God. And so those are the things that are going to be growing and developing fruit within us. First, God says, Paul, excuse me, says to imitate God by walking in love. And we see in chapter one, this great love, this theme is actually developed and growing quite a bit in Ephesians. But in Ephesians one, we see right off the bat that because of his great love, he predestined us for adoption. Since this theme of love is packed so thickly into Ephesians, we're actually going to come back to this idea. So tuck it into the back of your mind for now. We're going to close out with this idea and discuss a little bit more about the application of love. So second, Paul says, imitate God by walking as children of light. In Ephesians 1, God is called the Father of glory. And although 
obviously the words glory and the word light are two different words, not only in the English, but actually also in the Greek. Their meanings have this beautiful overlap. Both can mean brilliant. For example, brilliant light illuminating from an object, such as the moon, the stars, the sun, or the lamp. The word light ends with this meaning, the the meaning of brilliance. But glory actually has the added weight of praise and honor and majesty. The relation of light that we talked about and see in Ephesians 5 and glory, which is spoken of God, about God in Ephesians 1, are woven together in a passage that might seem very familiar to many of you. It's Matthew 5, 16. So let your light, light, light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So as we live day by day, hour by hour, we need to remember that God, the Father, is the brilliant, majestic, glorious one, and we are his little children of light. I think a distinction needs to be made that not only do we reflect the light or we walk around, let's say, with his light beaming upon us, kind of like a spotlight, but we are the light of God, like little fireflies lighting up the darkness around us by all that is good and right and true, as Ephesians 5 says. And who in the world is not mesmerized by the light of a firefly on a summer night. You know, we don't, we didn't have fireflies in Colorado. And so when we drove across country, I remember seeing my first firefly and chasing it around the field to catch it. And I am a 40 something year old woman and I held it on my hands and we looked at this light flashing on and off. And that's how we are to be also. We are to be God's light going around because we are the light of God as little fireflies lighting up the darkness around us by all that is good and right and true. Lastly, in our triad of walking in love, as light, we come to wisdom. And Paul says, imitate God by walking in wisdom. As we have studied Ephesians this summer, we have taken copious notes in the margin of our Bible or in our journal about God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. At the beginning, I asked that we paid special close attention to what we learn about the Spirit because the Spirit, in my opinion, is perhaps the most neglected, um, maybe I'll use the word mystical person of the Trinity. But if if you reference back to Ephesians 1, you might remember that in Paul's prayer, in which he prays an extensive prayer for the Ephesians, he writes down, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him. Very simply defined, wisdom is pursuing God's truth and applying it in your lives. So Ephesians 1 teaches us that this is one of the many, many works of the Spirit. He holds all wisdom and he reveals it to us. You know, this is actually why Ephesians 5 commands us not to get drunk, which is, I promise you, a real quick way to fall into a pit of temptation, but to be filled with the Spirit, talking to one another in such a way that reminds us again and again of the beauty of the truth and the wisdom of God is essential and outlined by Paul in Ephesians 5. So so we, as believers, we fully depend on the Spirit of wisdom and revelation to fill us 
to grant us that wisdom that we may apply it to our lives. And we pray, as Paul did in Ephesians 1, for that wisdom to, sp- to fill us. But we also commit to giving and sharing words of wisdom and truth with one another. In the Bible study this week, I wrote an example of the women who showed me how to live out that exact idea, which is spoken about in Ephesians 5.19. Honestly, living surrounded by darkness can feel really hard at times. And so that is why remembering this truth is vital, that we can turn and pray and ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to fill us so that we can then walk out in that wisdom. One way we can let that wisdom really grow in our lives is to just fill our conversations with words that would be an encouragement, that would be a retelling of the truth to one another. When I am discouraged, when I'm forgetting the truth, that someone would be able to speak that into my life and vice versa. I think that is what Paul means there when he utters those words. I think he is knowing that this this is a hard and dark world that sometimes we feel surrounded by, but we are going to need that encouragement so that we can pursue knowing the truth of God and applying it to our lives. In closing, and just as a review, we've talked very briefly about walking as children of light and walking in wisdom. And in closing, I want us to look back at walking in love. You know, we are so happy to love someone until it seriously inconveniences us. But as God and as Jesus demonstrated, you know, love looks like death to bring another life. As Ephesians 5.2 says, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The idea of fragrant offering and sacrifices may have perhaps been a very tangible idea to the Ephesians. For us to make it tangible, we have to hearken back to years and years and years before we were born. But for the Ephesians, not only for the Jews who took pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, but also for the formal, formerly the pagan worshipers of our Artemis, this idea of the fragrance of a sacrifice would have been one that perhaps was very tangible in their lives. Remember in week one, when we talked about the temple to Artemis, it was one of the ancient wonders of the world. It's four times the size of the Parthenon. And I read this week that it actually boasted an altar large enough to sacrifice hundreds of animals at the same time. I began to put myself in the shoes of the Ephesians. And I wondered if the smell of these sacrifices permeated the city, kind of like manure in the farm town when our family lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or in the very least, perhaps the fragrance wafted over the city like the smoke of a fire pit. Now, shockingly, Paul tells the Ephesians to be like Jesus and to sacrificially love in such a way that the righteous fragrant offerings would permeate the city. As I studied this passage this week, I personally was convicted that perhaps my love is just like anyone else's love. I'm happy to love until it means I must die. But if we love like Jesus loved, how much would the aroma of Christ be spread throughout our own family 
throughout our neighborhoods, our schools, our town, our city, and our world. Let's become people who are committed to sacrificially loving others and in doing so, to spread the fragrance of Christ until it permeates our city. So let's remember this week, as we day by day walk out our faith, that we want to walk as women and men who are fireflies for Jesus, fill our conversations with the truth of God so that we might best apply it to our lives and love by dying. Let it me close our time in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for showing us yourself. And I just love Ephesians that you began by by giving us a picture of who you are. And then you call us in Ephesians 5 to imitate you. We can only imitate something that we know. So I pray, Father God, that you begin to open our eyes, that we would see you and know you by its spirit of wisdom and of revelation. I pray, Father God, that each one of us would walk in love and in light and in wisdom. Thank you for the miraculous and powerful work that you do in each one of us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks, guys, for joining me this week. I will see you for our very last week next week. I cannot believe we have arrived there. You will get one more lesson tomorrow and then one final teaching, and then we'll be wrapping up this summer in Ephesians. Thanks so much for joining me. And I do apologize about this recording being a little bit uh, off, sound, the sound piece, a little bit off. I actually am traveling this week and did, did not bring or was not able to fly with my, my uh, professional microphone. So I apologize. It's a little bit off. Thanks for sticking with me. Have a really, really great day. Bye-bye.